church say amen. amen. Let the church say amen. amen. And from my, from where I come from, let the church say amen. amen. Truly, our God is a awesome God. Amen. As we have already heard, he's an awesome God. And I thank God for you, my brothers and sisters, for once again inviting me back. So I must not be all bad. <laughs> We bring you greetings from Solid Rock Community Baptist Church, where our senior pastor is the Bishop Curtis L. Shared. And I thank God for Pastor Tracy in his absence and so many of you, so many familiar faces. I've been here a few times now, so I can indeed say you are my extended family because we are all one in Christ Jesus. One faith, <laughs> one baptism, one blood. Amen. But God has a word for us today, and if you do say amen, I'll move quicker. <laughs> so that's just some early motivation. <laughs> okay, there's one in every crowd. <laughs> the word of God has been read, but I'd just like to highlight verse 14. From the King James Version, it says, if a man die, shall he live again? All the days of my appointed time will I wait till my change comes. Father God, we thank you, we thank you, we thank you. We thank you for this opportunity, Father. We thank you, and we know that we're not worthy. We are just vessels that you've called earthen vessels that you fill with your glorious treasure from on high. So, Father God, as I decrease, I ask that you would increase. I ask that that perfect preacher, the paraclete, the Holy Ghost himself, would just come forward with boldness, Father God, preach in this place, preach, Father God, to encourage, preach to heal, preach to deliver, preach to save. You can do all things, Father. So we just ask right now that we're leaning and dependent on you. Father, just bless one more time. Glorify yourself. And we will forever give your name the praise, the glory, and the honor, for you alone are worthy to be praised. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. If you would allow me for just a few moments just to make a statement. And that statement simply is, it's not over. It's not over. For my brothers and sisters, as I walk out this human experience that I call my life, God has been consistently showing me new facets of his deity. When I can handle more, God gives me more. Just like our children. We don't give them steak while they still need Similac. You give them more when they can handle more. That's the, that's the matrician, that's the process that we go through maturity without a doubt or equivocation I know that our God is sovereign and he's in complete control sometimes while we're living in this human experience we, we get so caught up and consumed in these lives that we forget about our true lives that haven't even begun or 
are just starting to be revealed to us. It's the job of the enemy, the enemy of God, to overwhelm us with, he overwhelms us with burdens, he bombards us with calamities, so that we can lose focus on God and what God has in store for us in our life and in our life to come. God told me, he told me to take a look around and analyze what's really going on all around you. Look at the condition of the body of believers. How much good news do you really hear coming from the church today? How many praise reports do you hear coming from the body of believers? How many testimonies to the glory of God do you hear coming from the lips of saints? Are they testifying about all their lives that are being saved on a daily basis? Are the pews being filled to capacity with believers who can't wait to get to the house of the Lord like David and even dance like David? Are the redeemed of the Lord saying so? Those whom he redeemed from the hands of the enemy, are they saying so? But unfortunately, in my observation, I didn't see a whole lot of victorious Christian living going on within the body of believers. What I did see was a lot of saints who have become weary in their well-doing. What I did see was a whole lot of saints who have been burdened because the enemy has been attacking them and coming in their lives like a flood and they can barely keep their heads above water. What I did see was a whole lot of saints who make their problems bigger than their problem solver. I said what I did see was a whole lot of saints whose afflictions have become bigger than their healer. What I did see was a whole lot of saints who've forgotten the joy of their salvation. You've forgotten to put on the helmet of salvation because the problems of life have worn you down. I hear more woe unto me than glory be to God. God said, this is the church age of the Laodiceans who are neither hot nor cold, and because they are lukewarm, he's ready to spew them out of his mouth. Our churches today have become rich and wealthy and have need of nothing, but God is saying, I've seen your works. The work of kingdom building seems to be put on hold because believers have become world-focused instead of word-focused. We all have problems that distract us and even cause us to lose our focus. But we can't afford these distractions to cause us to become spiritually blind where we can no longer see our glorious God. We can talk about what's going wrong in the world and what's going wrong in the world all day long. But when do we get around to telling folk what's right in our lives and what's right in this world today. Have we forgotten to tell them that God so loved the world that he gave us his only begotten son that whosoever believeth on him should not perish but have everlasting life? I think that carries more relevance than what happens on 
1600 Pennsylvania Avenue or in Court Street in Springfield or Main Street in your neighborhood. I don't know about anybody else, but my soul is more important to me than what I can gain in this world. And that's what God had to show me when he unveiled another facet of himself to me. God told me that you get so worked up about something that's going to perish and pass away. But if you would focus that hard on that which is eternal, then your living would be a whole lot easier. God let me know that when he created man, he created man with a dual nature. He created Adam, that outward, formed out of dirt or worldly man. Then he created man with the, the spirit of, or the, the nature of Gibar, that inward man, that man that's born of God, the breath of God, the spirit man. And as I talk to God about death or these things that are going to perish, God told me, to, he talked to me, and he, he told me about life. And he told me about the things that are going to be eternal. So last year in the fall, as I was driving up Route 5 in Holyoke, God told me that I can show you better than I can tell you. This whole time, you've been talking to me about your problems about what you're going through and how things aren't fair and things aren't right and how worried you are about this and worried about that and that you're even tired because too much is on your plate. God told me to look around and he said, what do you see? I told the Lord, I see a whole lot of trees and they look like they're dying because their leaves are falling off. And you know, all that does is just remind me of my least favorite season, winter. But that's when God told me, it's not over with the trees. Just like it's not over with your life. He told me to listen to the conversation that Job had with himself while he was going through a tough time in his life. He told me to learn the lesson of the trees. My brothers and sisters, today's text is of the utmost importance for our lives today. In this 14th chapter of the book of Job, which is the oldest book in the Bible, in the first book of Jewish poetry, that's where I found my help. Most of us know the story of Job because he was a man from us. Not Oz, but he, he came from us, and he lived a righteous, upright life in front of God. He was married, he had children, he had great wealth and prospered because of his relationship with God. But the Bible says something happened to Job one day after God had a conversation with Satan about his servant Job. As the angel of God came to him, giving him their daily reports. The Bible says that Satan, that fallen angel of God, he also came to. God asked Satan, where are you coming from? Satan said, I've been walking to and fro and up and down in the earth. 
God asked Satan, have you considered my servant Job? Because there's none like him in all the earth. Satan said, why should I consider him? You are like a fence all around him, protecting him every single day. Why shouldn't he love you? You blessed his life. But if you let me touch him and his stuff, I know he'll curse you to your face. Y'all know the rest of the story. God told Satan that you have permission to disrupt his life, but just don't take his life. Satan killed his children. Satan killed his livestock, his livelihood. Satan messed up his home. And Satan even caused marital issues with Job. With all this that happened to Job, the Bible says, Job said, Naked I came out of my mother's womb, and naked I shall return thither. The Lord gave, the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In all this, Job sinned not, nor charged God falsely. Because Satan didn't succeed with his first attack, he petitions God again. I know y'all can relate to that. Can't get you the first time. You better believe there's going to be a second time. Let me touch him this time. Let me attack his health. And he will let go of his integrity. Again, God grants him permission with stipulations not to take his life. So Satan attacks his health and he covers Job with painful boils or sores from the top of his head to the soles of his feet. It was so bad that Job's own wife tells him, why do you hold on to your integrity? Just curse God and die. Then the Bible says, but he said unto her, thou speakest as one of the foolish women speaketh. What? Shall we receive good at the hand of God? And shall not we receive evil in all that he did? Job did not sin with his lips. And if that wasn't bad enough for brother Job, then his so-called friends come by now to check on him. They come by to comfort him. But they end up bringing him more pain. I wonder if you've ever been in a situation like that. The last thing that you need when you're going through something in your life is a whole lot of so-called church folk or your Facebook friends asking you a whole lot of questions about what kind of sin did you do to make God so mad at you. You don't bring comfort to nobody when all you do is want to know somebody else's business. It's better to say nothing if the something that you have to say is going to add more pain. It got to the point where Job just stopped responding to them and he just went silent. And this is where we find Job in today's text. His friends are gone and now he's by himself. And he even starts talking 
to himself. I don't know about you, but this is a bad place to be in. When the mind games come and you actually start talking to yourself. Life as Job used to know, it was gone now. He didn't even get the proper amount of time to grieve over his children and process all that he had been going through. He tried to understand and inquire with God about what happened, but all he heard was silence. So now he takes an introspective look at his life and he tries to reason this thing out based on what he knows. But Job didn't, he didn't fall apart. Job didn't start casting blame. Job didn't start to self-abuse. Job didn't go out and get drunk. Job didn't go out and get high. Job didn't run away. Job just wanted to get some understanding so he could process his situation correctly. During this conversation, every blood-bought believer should thank God because Job shows us how to persevere when the problems of life are overwhelming us. You don't have to go into that dark place when you know how to categorize your issues that are affecting your life. Depression can't overtake you when you know how to categorize the issues that are affecting your life. I want you to know that you can defeat Satan's bad day. You can defeat Satan's bad week. You can defeat Satan's bad year. You can defeat that satanic generational curse in your life when you know what category to put that issue in. Living this life gets a whole lot easier when you know how to separate the temporary from the eternal. When you learn how to shake off the dirt or the Adam issues and learn how to hold on to the gibar or issues of the spirit, living gets a whole lot easier. Though our outward man perish, yet our inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. I said it's not over. I said it's not over. Even say it to yourself, it's not over. Job said... Because I understand God's word. I can process this truth. Man that is born of a woman is of a few days and full of trouble. He cometh forth like a flower and is cut down. He fleeth also as a shadow and continueth not. And doth thou open thine eyes upon such a one and bringest me into judgment with thee? Who can bring a clean thing out of an unclean? Not one. Seeing his days are determined, the number of months are with thee. Thou hast appointed his bounds that he cannot pass. Turn from him that he may rest till he shall accomplish as an hireling his day. The truth tells me because of sin, 
the life of man in this world is always going to be one short, always going to be sorrowful, and it's always going to be stinted. Because as men and women, we've been born in sin and shaping in iniquity. We've all sinned and fallen short of God's glory. Job knew that his days on earth have been numbered. This world wasn't going to be his forever home. Job did, he didn't fear the grave. In fact, he embraced the grave because he knew that the grave was nothing but a comma, not a period for his life. Just a place to pause. The grave for Job was a place of transition, not his eternal destination. And this is when the Lord made it plain for me when Job said, for there is hope of a tree. If it be cut down, that it will sprout again and that the tender branch thereof will not cease. Though the root thereof wax old in the earth and the stock thereof hide Therefore, die in the ground. Yet, he said, yet the scent of water, it will bud and bring forth boughs like a plant. Job said, because I understand God's word, I can now process this truth. In this life, there is more hope for a tree than there is for Adam or a worldly man. Because if the tree gets cut down, it has the potential to sprout again. Even though the stump looks dead and dried up and the root is old in the dirt, it has the potential to live again. Job said, if that root can just get a scent of water, it will bud and bring forth boughs or saplings like a plant or when it was first planted. Job said, it's not over for the tree. Don't count the tree out. The bell hasn't rung for the tree. The tree hasn't taken the 10 count, but there is hope for the tree. If it can just get a scent of water, it can live again. Job knew that the tree was made to live in the earth and the earth could supply for the tree what it needs to live again. I said, Job knew it's not the same with sinful man, but in his limited understanding, Job knew that although the outward man would perish from this world, it wasn't over for his spirit man. That's why he wanted the Lord to hide him in the grave Although the outward temporary would die, it's not over for the spirit man. And when you know it's not over for you in your life, you can say like Job, Oh, that thou wouldest hide me in the grave, thou wouldest keep me secret until thy wrath be passed, that thou wouldest appoint me a set time and remember me. If a man die, shall he live again? All the days of my appointed time will I wait till my change comes. Job knew 
that the spirit of man was created to live in eternity with God. And God would supply whatever the spirit of man needed to live again. It wasn't over for Job. And my brothers and sisters, it's not over for you and me. Because God has what we need to live again. I said, don't grow weary in well-doing. You don't even need to know the reason why these things are going on in your life trying to overwhelm you. Just know that God has what you need to live again. Job made it <clears throat> to the end. It wasn't easy, and he wasn't always right. But Job made it to the end because God had what he needed to survive. His wife counted him out. His friends counted him out. Satan counted him out. But God never counted him out. And I don't care what you're going through. It's not over. I don't care how heavy the burden might be in your life. Don't let them count you out. God says <clears throat> these dry bones can live again. I want you to know, if you can just get a scent from the well of living water, your dry bones can live again. Your dried up situation, it can live again. Your dried up circumstances, they can live again. Your dried up relationships, they can live again. Your dried up finances, they can live again. Stop focusing on the temporary. When God wants you to drink from that eternal well of living water, that well that you will never thirst again. You aren't the only one who's ever had to carry a heavy burden. I need to remind you that Jesus wants you to know that it's not over and don't let them count you out. I want you to know today when you put your trust in the almighty God, you can make it through every bad day that Satan wants to bring your way. They thought it was over for Jesus when they convicted him of love in the first degree. I said they thought it was over for Jesus when his disciples betrayed him and even denied him. They thought it was over for Jesus when they got him on that tree and they stretched him high and stretched him wide and nailed him to that cross on Calvary's hill. They thought it was over for Jesus when his father in glory forsook him and he even turned his back on him. They thought it was over for Jesus when he said himself, it is finished. They thought it was over for Jesus when he, when he commended his spirit to the grave, gave up the ghost and hung his head and died. They thought it was over for Jesus when they placed him in that borrowed tomb. I said they thought it was over for Jesus when he went to hell for three days and for three nights. But I just came by this morning to let you know it wasn't over for Jesus because our God, I said our God, our awesome God, he is the only promise keeper. 
And nearly 2,000 years ago, early that Sunday morning, the Bible tells us that God raised Jesus with all power in his hands. And he became living water for everyone that ever thirsted so that we can live again. Because it wasn't over for Jesus. I'm letting you know it's not over for you. You can be born again because they couldn't count Jesus out. That leaves me with this poem, left alone, but never forgotten. Misunderstood, but my future is just starting. God is molding me and shaping me. He's building me and making me. A king is being formed right in front of your eyes. So don't count me out. When you don't see what he sees, you can't tell, but his glory is resting on me. Left alone, but never forgotten. Misunderstood, but my future is just starting. God is molding me and making me. He's building me and shaping me. A king is being born right in front of your eyes. So don't count me out when you don't see what he sees. You can't tell, but his glory is resting on me. I'm his choice. I'm after his heart. The unveiling is starting right now. So don't count me out. It's not over. Christ Presbyterian, it's not over. If you can just get a scent of living water, you won't be counted out. Albertina Walker sings a song, don't be patient with me. God is not through with me yet. So please be patient with me. Our God is not through with us yet. Let us pray. Father God, you are indeed awesome. And Father, you are worthy to be praised. Father, we know your word will not go out and return void. Let it find fertile soil right now. Father God, that's our heart's desire that even salvation will be given today. It's free. So, Father God, let one even come and receive it freely today. It costs you everything. But, Father God, it's a free gift to us. We thank you, Father. Bless in this place. Keep in this place. Lift in this place, increase in this place. Father God, strengthen those that even might have grown weary. Father God, lift oppression. We know you're able. Father God, in the precious name of Jesus, we offer this prayer and these petitions. In Jesus' name, people of God say, amen. amen. amen.